2: hey hello
3: welcome the time is set i am nick noise this is brad action howdy and we have a really cool guest today dave elchase from mates stands for linda yeah (laughs) (laughs) so um we uh our mutual friend darren Garwood suggested like this was right at the beginning when we first started and said oh yeah you need to get in touch with this guy and uh, and uh, I think I messaged you straight away, and we were trying to arrange meeting up, and it just didn't happen. Uh, and now you're here.
2: I know, and it's weird. Every impression sounds like the hitcher out of my Booth. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> and we are here. Um. So, right. So first things first. Uh, I believe you might well be award winning. Dave <laughs>
2: like a fine cheese I
3: know I noticed that I saw that on the socials that it's a bit you've been nominated. that's cool
2: I know it's really exciting so yeah Chelsea City instead of having Kerry Katona put the lights on um, they're looking for um, local people so local champions of various causes uh, to put the lights on, and I've been nominated and shortlisted down to the last three, which last find three. out tomorrow. Amazing. Um, if I'll be turning the lights on in Chelmsford, which is just mad. I oh,
3: know, but that's a lot of, it's kind of. A <laughs> oh, it's amazing! Yeah, yeah. So we were, um, so we, we were like, I was on the last week.
2: That's when no, I was messaging you when I was on holiday, and uh, That was a nice bra you had on, by the way. A nice bra. Yeah, in that photo. I didn't have a bra on. Oh, maybe it's just chest hair. <laughs> <laughs> that
3: was my golf vest. My golf vest. Uh, and uh, we're kind of uh, like talking about what you like. What mates is? Uh, well, let's start with you. Tell us what mates is.
2: Um, I just wanted people to all have a friend. Really, oh, it's a really simple thing. Uh, and I had a couple of um, mates. Actual mates. Um, watching them just, it sounds really dramatic, but watching them go through losing everything, but while still being alive, that's a really weird thing to say. But watching them trust you with what they're going through and then watching as there's only so much you can do to get an adult to go to a doctor. And as a friend, you can stand there, you can help them as much as you can, you can persuade them as much as you can, but you can't physically make that adult, go to the doctors or drag them down there so it's got to be when they're ready so I started trying to work out what I could do to help them make their life better and understand what they're going through Um, so I researched loads of stuff myself then I started putting that out on Facebook then I found every time I went out Eight out of ten conversations was oh, I saw what you put out there last week. My girlfriend's been like that for like yeah. two years. That's and happened to my us. wife's been like that. My dad was like that. I don't know if you know my uncle killed himself. And, the, and people were just trusting me and talking about that more than anything else. Yeah. So I thought, well, there's a massive appetite out there that people why are these people that I know and I see out and about all the time, why are they only mentioning it now? Why is it a, why is it a secret? Why can't they come and talk to us in real life? So I just wanted to make sure I wanted to make a place where people can go online, pour their hearts out, knowing full well that everyone in that group is going through a similar thing or just understands what they're going through or cares. Um, just the most important thing is just getting it out of your head, yeah. which like one of our taglines is like conversations change lives because they do. Mm. It can be from what I've learned over the last couple of years – sitting with someone who's just tried to take their life when all you've done is had a conversation with them and that's made a massive difference to them. And it's just that build up of not having a conversation, keeping it in your head, not letting it out. I just want a room where people, like imagine like mates was a pub and you walk in and everyone's like, I want to listen to what you're saying. I want to hear what you're saying. I care about you. I just want everyone to know that someone cares about them. And we genuinely do.
3: It's so true. It's uh, I think all that time, like between you, kind of first starting to kind of go downhill, and then you actually kind of come to a point when you do talk about it, and then everything gets better within that period. You obscure and you twist everything completely out of all perspective. Absolutely, and if your head going over, yeah, if you can get in early and just go, oh, this is going on, you can go, yeah, that happened to me, or yeah, that's pretty normal. And the the area
2: we sort of want to get is. You don't get taught about mental health at school. We didn't. You don't now. You don't learn as an adult. So how are you supposed to recognise things happening? You know, we all know that if you've got a cold, this is what's going to happen and this is what you're going to do. You don't know that with a mental health issue until it's too late. And then most of the issues around a mental health issue are stuff that's just snowballed because of that initial problem. Or one of the things I, I say quite a lot is mental health issues aren't a terminal disease why are people dying? Yep. This shouldn't be happening. Wait, we should be yeah. just getting in there, talking about things, getting things off our chest and talking to each other. That's all we need to be doing to start with. Just make it an, a normal conversation, basically.
3: Yeah, I think, like, let's say we've kind of feel about it, really, is that um, you don't... People are often really scared to go to a doctor's or they're scared to see a psychiatrist. And, like, it's hard to see a psychiatrist. Um right. And often, that's not needed anyway. Absolutely. Often, all you really do is it's just offload. The first thing, absolutely, is we want to sort of be there for
2: helping people recognise and know about mental health issues, helping recognise it in themselves, being there to have a conversation and be with them whilst they try and get the professional help or go to a doctor's, go to a medical, uh, a mental health professional, and then be there whilst they're, and keeping people busy, while they're trying to fix themselves. Yeah. So it's like with with mates now. Started off we've just done some like from January, we started doing a weekly walk, then we've done a weekly drop-in at the pub. And now <laughs> we've now done we started this week uh, quiz night. So we just go to a normal quiz night, but it's just to give people an opportunity to get out of the house, come and sit with people that they know care. We get there like an hour and a half before the quiz starts so they can have a chat if you want about mental health then. But then it's just we are a group of friends from the mental health background.
3: Just come and sit down the pub and let's do a quiz. quiz is a good idea because it takes that uh, focus off of you a yeah. little bit. Yeah,
2: and it's building that comf- comfort zone up of getting out of the house, coming and sit with us. And then if you, when you feel up to actually getting things off your chest and talking to us, you know us a bit better. Let's do it. We've now got, on a Thursday, um, one of my friends from school set up um, football fitness. So it's just... Massive thing with football and mental health, um, we are involved in a few local football teams, um, giving presentations and giving them uh, heads up about what to spot in yourself and and the effect of, you know, if, if you're injured and you can't play football and your passion and your life is that game and is that team. It's a massive mental health problem. Yeah, a lot that. of
3: the footballers who have kind of spoken about that recently Yeah, they said the same kind of thing. It's, it's When the they're injury. injured and they can't do it, they're like, I've let everyone down and I can't do the one thing that gets me out of bed. Exactly,
2: and it's their passion. So it's like a musician having a guitar player having a broken arm yeah. or something like that. So football fitness, what they've started doing, is just come over the park and do football training. So you're not in a team. You can still get out and do it. You get in your little community you're getting a few people around. So off the back of that, I've started a football team um, as well. Because if you're not good enough because you've been out for injury or you have mental, mentally don't feel up for going back to your main team, I want a team that people can just commit to one game as and when it crops up. That's it. That's all I want from them. Amazing. And you get back in the swing of it. We're going to do charity matches. We're going to do anything. We'll have two five-a-side teams and a full team. Um, and it's just made up of whoever fancies it and whoever feels up for it at the moment. But just to get people out the house, back in the swing of things, getting some sort of try and, you know the black dog video, mm-hmm. and there's that it really hits the ner- uh, nail on the head about it's not that you don't want to do something. There's just no interest in doing anything at all, yeah. Yeah. and it it's just, just trying to get people to reignite some sort of interest and get back on the, back in the swing of it
4: that's perfect because there's no pressure of exactly. like, oh I've got to be there every Friday. I've got to pay this, do that, and everything else. And it's like outside, fresh air, yep, um, bit of a laugh as well, exercise. It's such a good idea. But you end up kind
3: of making friends along the way. As yeah, well exactly. As well. and like life is often about the connections you make with other people. Like those are the things that kind of keep you going and make. Oh, amazing! You
2: happy. Like there's so much you can just. Oh, I'm not in any way like a <laughs> hippie or anything like that, but. You get vibes from certain yeah, people, you do. and you can you, do. you can proper like feel the love off of people, and it might be the first time you met them, but you yeah. just get something from people, and it's incredible. Mm. You can't buy that, no.
3: and, don't you find? You get that a lot with uh, when you kind of you're like, oh, I'm mental. Yeah, uh, you put your hand up and you admit to being mental, and then other people kind of you end up building like invariably. Like I'll be in a room of people. And I'll end up making friends with the other mental. Mm. Just because like we know we've got the same kind we, we understand one well, you've another. You've got something in common. Yeah. And yeah. I just instantly it just happens. And then the rapport's there really quickly. Yeah. And I love that. I mean I don't love being mental, but I love that that little bit of it. And then you know, and I, I find that happens to me all the time. And since we've been like being open about all this, the amount of people who just get in touch and go, Yeah, I've been really struggling. Yeah. And like they would never have known it. And this, I said, yeah, I have. And so many people in mates, you just see, like, like call them slow
2: burners. You'll have people that have been in there for a while, and you, you can see they'll like things and not mm. them spying on anyone. And then when they build up the guts and courage to just sort of get their story off their chest, it's beautiful mm. that they've just built up that trust yeah. and they trust to do that. And with the walks and dropping, especially the walks, we just go to Highlands Park in Chelmsford mainly for the Chelmsford one, but we have Ipswich ones, Colchester. Um, but with with that one, you just meet in the car park by the toilets <laughs> by the man with the black <laughs> Range Rover, and uh, yeah, um, and then you just walk. And people open up so quickly, and it's never even crossed my mind that people are strangers. And that's no. a really weird thing to say, but. I don't really see strangers. And I think I used to be a holiday rep in Malia. Um, and uh, I think that might be it because so often you go in the local pub or some people go in their local pub and you see the same people there, but you'll never talk to them. Yeah. And I'm the opposite. Like one of my mates like, why do you always talk to people? Like, you know them. i like, well, why wouldn't I? Because mm. uh, I, I, I bought a fridge off of eBay and we got it out of this bloke's garage. And I was like, oh, you can, uh, you can put more like cat, Capture more people and keep them in your uh, makes a bit more space in there, you can keep them locked away. And he's like, Uh, yeah, that was great because my uh, loft's getting full up. <laughs> and I got in the van, and my mate's like, Why did you say that? And I was like, What just well, talking? Well, look, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, but I just find it weirder. I'm not I think, talking what to it, people. I
3: think though, often when people are like, uh, I know I have like, if I'm feeling if my, my illnesses are getting on top of me, and they do. Uh, like I, I tend to I'll close in I did it on like last week I closed in uh, and I couldn't be present and I couldn't function very well and, I, and in those times I can't just talk to anyone and then the, the one thing that pulled me out is that someone else started talking to me mm. about tattoos and then I ended up going, and then that was my best night. And I'd only chatted with this guy for like an hour or so. And in the end, I was like, my, my son's going, are you going to stay in contact with your new oh. friend? Oh. And I, but like that often that's difficult. I think when you've got like a mental health problem, you do tend to close in and that is part of it. Yeah. Uh, and then it's quite hard to kind of come out and talk to people. So it does help if you've got someone like you who's like just do, bridging that gap. Yeah. So then you haven't got to do it. Yeah, like, and that's, the, that's what we right do on the
2: walks barriers. and the drop-ins. If you want to come along and just sit there, just come along and sit there. Mm. It doesn't matter. Yeah. We want you to just gradually build, you know, we'll talk. We're not just going to stand there and ignore you. We'll talk about what's got us involved in it and why we're doing stuff. And you'll listen to other people maybe talking who are happy to talk in the group. And then gradually people, we just want to build that friendship up. Like we held this event, at, um, the transition in Chelmsford, which is an amazing venue, um and got so much just really good stuff for mental health going on in there um and all I wanted out of the night was we had uh I, I asked a few people to sort of sit at the front we'd sort of interview them if you like about their journey and what they've gone through and what they're going through and then a group of people sitting as almost like a little audience and uh I asked quite a few people, uh, more people than we needed for the one sitting at the front. Because again, I'm not putting that pressure on someone to say, yeah. you know, if they agree on that time, I'm not holding them to it because yeah, they, yeah, exactly. it's what they feel like at that minute. So we had ridiculously brave people sitting at the front. Some of them had had a really horrific day that day that is even worse than most of the stuff that had happened in the last year for them. And they sat there, told their story. Everyone in the audience, whether they I only invited about twenty people to sit there, I wanted a really like chilled little fairy light event where it's just mm. calm and and all I wanted out of that night was I wanted that audience, oh, and the ones at the front to go home and go, I came out of the house today. Yeah. I've sat there about mental health. Whether you've chipped in and said anything or asked a question or done anything, I don't care. They've come out of the house. And they've sat in a group of strangers. And that's I, massive. I always see
3: that great. as you're doing, you're taking action. Like, even though you don't necessarily have to go and do anything, but the fact that you've got up and you've gone, you're starting mm. to take an action on it. Yeah. You're starting to deal with it. Like, you don't have to do a lot. It could be just going it. to the I, shops I, I take it. just that. You're starting to take action. You're starting to invest in yourself a little bit. Well, that, just going to the shops, like,
2: um, and holidays, like you just said. um. I used to live out in Greece. and
3: uh, I've seen your creep, mate. <laughs> yeah, to yeah the, that's
2: happened now. Um, so yeah, we've expanded that. It's bit. like
3: street <laughs> mate, but creep mate. I'm Davina McCall. Yeah,
2: um, yeah and uh, the hotel is on the edge of the village and there's people don't walk past it because we're right on the edge of the village. So um got home one night and there's only 38 rooms. It's around a pool. If you're staying there... Everyone knows you're staying. That you all see each other. And one night, I got in from town, and there's this lad sitting at the bar. And I thought, oh, he's I ain't seen him before. So I said to the barman, "We had new arrivals," and he's like, "No, no, he's been here a while." So when of course I wanted to speak to everyone, so it was when I went and bought him a beer, <laughs> and uh, got chatting. And within a couple of minutes, he just absolutely opened up. This was before I started mates. This was one of the main things that got me sort of interested it's like because of this one person he just sort of unlocked something in my head that went oh i understand a bit better now and he told me his like stories, like 21 um in a band all that he was on holiday because he'd been there like two weeks and just locked himself in his room while sat on his balcony and he'd done it because he wanted to take his girlfriend on holiday to say thank you for all the support she's given him But getting out there just broke him. His anxiety is just horrific. It's one of the worst versions or examples I've heard. And uh, he just sort of explained it. And I was like, well, at the time, I thought I understood mental health problems. I thought I understood depression. I thought I understood um, anxiety, but he he sort of explained it. And I said, well, we all have that moment where we wake up at night for no reason. And then we worry about, oh, we owe this much on a credit card, and we owe this, and we owe that, and I didn't do that, and I shouldn't have done that. Then you start remembering everything that's ever happened, and it all snowballs. Then you're the most wide awake you've ever been in your life. Then you can't get back to sleep, and you think, well, if I did get back to sleep, I'm going to have 45 minutes. I'm going to be shit tomorrow. Um, I'm going to ruin everything at work tomorrow. I can't do this. I've let everyone down. And then you wake up in the morning, it's all right, and he went... No, like every minute of my day is like that. And when he explained it like that, I was like, wow, that's just mad. And uh, it's pushed him back to his house. He can't. He takes uh, those paper mushroom bags from Tesco's. He takes those because he never knows if he physically feels like he's going to be sick all the time when he goes out. Doesn't know if he's going to. Can't even get to his local shop. So he can't work because he can't get any further. And actually, your dog made me think of that. Uh, not made me throw up. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, he's how he dog started really getting helpful. back into it was he had a dog. He loved his dog. He got into dog walking, like locally on his estate, and because he had to do that, it just gave him the like it, it let him broaden his horizons again. Why do you think I could? It was It was just, <laughs> exactly yeah, it was just incredible, really. and watching him. Like he didn't want to keep burdening his girlfriend, and I say that because burden is the word, isn't it? It's but that's how you feel. exactly that is every nearly every person I've spoken to with a mental health issue, the hard one of the hardest thing is to persuade someone that they're not a burden, and then you have the conversation of, well, what if it was your wife said it? Oh no, of course I wouldn't feel like I wouldn't feel she was being a burden. It's like no, and she doesn't feel you are, but mm. it's the, one of the hardest things to break. So. He'd now got to the stage where he'd got everything off his chest. She was really uh, incredible. And then he didn't want to say about his little wins because he's like, oh, she won't want to hear that because it's nothing really. All I've done is walk up a shop. But no, no, you've walked up a shop. That's massive. So I kept in contact with him like every week and just said what we've been up to this week, not asking you how you are, but what have you been up to? And then he'd tell me like what an achievement he'd done and that, just, oh, he was incredible. And he's on the group. He's He knows, I think, the world of him. He's done... He's, his braveness has unlocked things with me to make me do what I want to do. He made
3: you think Amazing. differently. Absolutely. It's funny because, like, uh, like I... I've, I'm i only just kind of coming to terms with my own anxiety. I don't... Never really felt like, I had anxiety. And I don't have it um, in in the extreme form at all, but I certainly do experience anxiety. Uh, but I think what happens... We had uh, my... We did um, one in Margot a while ago, and my uh, second cousin came on, and she explained her own anxiety, and it was at that moment, I was like... "Okay, You know, like, you think you know, but that you've was got it. no idea. That was exactly it. And it, that was when exactly said, what happened to me. When I
2: could sort of... For me, it was when I... Because you know it's so hard to experience what people experience, but for having something I physically experienced myself, and then having him explain it, oh yeah, it's like that. Totally. De- I was de- like, de- right now, de- I'm de- debilitating. Debilitating.
3: Yeah, like you feel like you're gonna die. Yeah. It's not like you, you're a bit nervous. Like you feel like you're gonna fucking die. Exactly. Like, your heart's gonna come through your face. Exactly.
2: You're not a bit anxious because oh, a bit anxious because. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to get served first at the bar or if I'm going to get tickets for Michael Bublé <laughs> or something like that. But um, yeah.
3: It, it all feeds into that kind of your, your brain where you're like basically it comes down to it, I am a piece of shit and it all kind of comes back to that. And then
2: everything that is a bit of shit about you that you've ever done in your life Decides to tell you at the same time. Yeah. One after another. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
3: Because I find like most mental health seems to come back to that. So on that then, so so have you had any mental health problems yourself?
2: I would say no, because this is another thing. Like my brother, uh, one of my brothers passed away a few years ago, uh, not through mental health issues. And I'm the youngest of our family. But I felt that I was... I wanted to organise everything. I wanted to organise a funeral. I wanted to organise absolutely everything because I do not want my parents having to do that for their own son, if that makes sense. Nice. Equally, I'm eight years younger than my sister and my brother, my so elder brother in the middle. Uh, no, it's had up. uh yeah, older brother. I've got an older, older brother. And then those two were a couple of years between each other. Then my sister and him a few years between. And then I'm like, a mistake. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah the and... Uh, yeah, so I thought, well no, they've they've known him longer. I know this is a really bizarre thing to say, but I'm currently I was fortunate and I really I know I was fortunate. I was fortunate enough to be in a position where I could do that and where I could be the one that organizes it and helps my friends and my brother's friends get through it. And I just after that I thought, seeing my friends that have got mental health issues and seeing, seeing them struggle I think, how can someone, you know, imagine putting something like that on someone as well, having to deal with that. And I just thought I was, I was the right person at the right time to be fortunate enough to have good mental health to get through that. I don't think, or take for granted that that's ever going to happen again. I don't think that the next time, you know, no one wants to be an expert on death or grief, or things like that. But I was strong enough at the time to be able to sort of almost put a positive spin. I wanted him to have his special day. I wanted... He wasn't married. I'd not organised a stag do for him or anything like that. So this funeral is going to be his special day. And unfortunately, the only thing is that he's not there to see it. But I organised it in that way. It gave me a massive buzz to want to do it that way. And we had an absolutely incredible day. Um and it was a positive day, which is really rare. Mm. But yeah, so it's
4: nice. That's pretty
2: special. So you're someone
3: who's like a champion in like better mental health. Cause normally, like at my impetus for doing this is that I'm like me being quiet for so long has made me so ill that now I'm like I'm not being quiet anymore. Uh, I want other people to not be quiet anymore. Mm. And that's my kind of impetus to try and be doing something about it. And uh, and everyone everyone we've encountered, really, uh, along the way, have been people who have had mental health problems and they're yeah. doing it for the same kind of reason as me.
2: I've listened to so it and actually, I, I was thinking, well, what am I going to say? Because, like, I'm not mentally ill.
3: <laughs> no, <that's> actually, <laughs> it's like actually... But, like, but you know what? That makes it so much more special. Because yeah. it's like I'm not doing it... Uh, you're doing it really out of the goodness of your heart. Yeah. No,
2: I just don't. But want, also I'm...
3: because I think also what I kind of got in the middle of that was that it's like um, you've kind of seen that you've got some skills there. That
2: yeah, and that's that is it. Helped. You know, at work I'm a manager. I've always managed people, and it don't matter that I'm no good at building a road or anything like that. I've got people that are. And I know how to utilise those people. And I know that we can make a big difference and get the right team together. And the same with this. I don't want to be an expert. I I don't want to be an expert on grief, but he'd go and sit in an office away from his team in a different office at a hot desk because no one knew him there. So they didn't know that he wasn't Mm. himself that day. Mm. And, you know, hand in hand with mental health goes covering your tracks and things like that. Mm. So... He'd go and do that. He'd come home even more broken than he was when he went to went to work and wouldn't talk to anyone. And just watching, I can honestly say this, it sounds really harsh. And um, obviously, I'm going to grieve for my entire life for my brother. There's never going to be a day where I don't think about him. Yeah, But watching, I knew there was nothing I could do about his passing. It was, you know, uh, a natural thing i couldn't do anything about it nothing i could do could change that but watching someone for three years for example this particular person go downhill lose everything around him, and be almost like voiceless standing there and helpless in that i can't do anything i can't persuade him to go to a doctor i'm trying every day to do that i've shed more tears about him and watching him and others lose control and lose their life than I have about my brother that actually has lost his life. And I know that sounds a bit weird. I couldn't love my family more. Absolutely couldn't love my family more. But that's the reality of you're standing there watching a car crash happening. Yeah. And very, very slow. So many people are standing there watching car crashes happening, allowing people to have car crashes going because... Oh, I've spoken to him before, and he's not listened. Yeah. Well, no, we'll keep trying, keep speaking yeah. to him. Just you know, we can do something, and it's not. It you know, we can't solve, we can't make everyone better. We can't do that, but we can stop. We can make people's lives a bit better. Um, it, and it's just talk to people.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I've. I, we. I, this is what we were talking about on messenger weren't we about uh like i i find uh the groups i find it too much for and i think it's because i fucking struggle all the time
2: yeah because someone pouring their heart out and getting stuff off their chest and if you maybe see it all triggers it's yourself, all true like, oh i don't want to think about that problem i've got going. yeah uh
3: I'm going to not look at that. It's like yeah. not looking at a bottle of wine when you're hungover as fuck. Mm. So we get, it, it's, it's a weird one because, like say, we get quite a few people get in touch through the podcast and I, I've got a number of people who I talk to quite regularly, uh, like email and things, and, and they're going through a really tough time and I just kind of offer tips because they've reached out to me, like us personally. So I'm like, of course, you know, I never don't reply to anything. Um, but what happens is I get... I, I, where I have fought so hard to be better I, I do like you were saying earlier is that um, you just want to go just go to the fucking doctors <laughs> go to the fucking doctors like um, it, it's all there for you but as you say Like, that that frustrating point is that you can't actually get them up and walk them to the doctor. So even if you did take them to the doctors, they've then got to actually say it themselves. And that's the hardest bit. But then if you offer people an opportunity to say, then they might actually say it. And also, going to the doctors with
2: someone. Mm. Because in a lot of cases, and the same with physical health. Um, The doctor will ask, have you done this? Have you been like this? No, no. And you might not be lying. You just might not be like, I haven't noticed. Mm. Oh yeah, you're a completely different person. Yeah. Whereas if you've got someone there that lives with you or works with you, you know, to offer to go to the doctors with someone, it's a simple thing for us to do, but it's a massive thing. Mm -hmm. And getting just getting that that, uh, and another thing I've noticed is I can't think of I need to think of a better way of saying it. You know, when say people say like peeling an onion. Mm-hmm. But no one peels... I know we take the outside on, but we don't peel all the layers of it. Just Those conversations there. that we have
3: at the pub quite often are really superficial. Yeah. Or the conversations you have with your friends you've known all your life, they're always like, they're catch-ups. They're kind of like, you don't actually kind of get into anything. And I always used to feel that like I didn't want to burden people with my shit. Mm. And I just thought, oh, I'm so fucking boring. You know, like, you know, you haven't seen someone for, you know, maybe years... And the first thing you start talking about is how you feel. So you just assume that people don't want to hear. But actually, quite often it's the opposite. People, uh, yeah, I get people feel quite um, privileged, privileged that someone has yeah. d-
2: felt comfortable enough to
3: yeah. trust them, yeah, to get that off their chest. It's a massive thing. And I think that's very true, and I, I think that is you know saying for people to kind of if you listen to this, take that into account is that. Quite often, when you do, when you do open up to someone, and like it has, it's happened to us, we've had people on here, and it's like we've just been blown away um, by their stories. Often, really sad, but like afterwards, we just feel this massive pride that they've felt comfortable Absolutely. enough to tell us. Prides a really good yeah. way of putting that,
2: yeah. And what's sad about the onion
3: thing is, so many times
2: when people, I won't get into like medicine and things like that, but. When people do go to a doctor's, you know, in Chelmsford, we've got the Linden Centre, it's the mental health place. If you've got a burn, you go to the St Andrew's ward. If you've got this, you go to this ward. If you've got mental health issues, you see the mental health professionals at the Linden Centre. But through growing up, all you ever hear is, oh, he went mental and got locked away in the Linden Centre. Yeah. yeah Ours was run well
4: in yeah, Whitford.
3: Yeah.
4: yeah.
3: And, uh, I go to the mental place and grow.
2: Yeah. But, it's the stigma um, of just sort of things get to the final point. Yeah. And someone has to get sectioned or whatever they call it now, but you get taken there. Yeah. That's all we know. And because we know that in Chelmsford and because we know the name of it, oh, you've been referred to the Linden Centre. Oh no, they're going to lock me away. No, no, no. You're going to see someone that can actually help you. Yeah. It's, you know, your GP is a GP. Um, I, after my brother passed away, I was down to the doctors for, um, I think I was getting injections for going to Egypt or something. And uh, he's my family doctor all my life. And he like looked at me and he went, Are you all right? And I was like, Yeah, just knackered. Um, and I know full well I just needed a couple of, I needed that, I need to get to the weekend and just sleep and recharge. The most basic things you need what do a baby need? You know, food, water, sleep. And we just don't even get that balance right for ourselves. Mm. So, he's like, oh, I know what I could... Uh, he e done a prescription for me. And I was like, oh, this is what happens. Like, he just prescribed me some antidepressants. Did he really? And he's doing everything. without any more yeah. in-depth discussion he, than and that? And I was like, well, he knows my brother's died. He knows... What, he, can, he can see that I'm a mess. It's quite nice, nice that he cared, but that's, mm-hmm. kind of, that's yeah. not and really... And I thought, ah, this is what's happening. to You know, if I take these... Uh, and I have sleep on Monday I'll be great and I think these are the greatest things ever but then they'll bring me down a bit because I don't need them at the moment mm-hmm. because I'm alright at the moment um, but I can completely, I was like ah oh, he's trying to do his b- help me But mm. and, and the trouble is when people come to you with their problems because we let it get to suicide um being locked away self-harm or self-harm we're not dealing dealing with the stuff at the the other side of just you don't wait until I've got twisted my ankle I'm going to keep playing football oh now my ankles fell off you don't do that Mm. you you just don't do it you nip it in the bud beforehand Um, and unfortunately with most people getting things off their chest about mental health you're well over halfway through the scale if you like when things have started snowballing around that so when people do get to the you know i'm going to go to the doctors i'm going to go to doctors they present a problem that's massive it's everything that's snowballed around and you get people you know oh well i'm going to try and uh give you medication that's going to deal with this sized problem but that's not the problem that needs dealing with with the medication you need to peel off i've fallen out of my family because of this I've, i've i haven't i've avoided all my friends because i don't want to talk about this i've lied so much because i don't want to i've had to cover my tracks and you've got to peel all those problems back oh i'm so much in debt because i didn't pay that because i've been taking too much coke because i've started taking loads of coke to deal with this and blah blah blah. now i've got this debt and now i can't afford that nothing's going to deal with that you need to just peel it all back bit by bit and that's what your group of friends are for. That's what your family are for. That's what we're there for. To help you with every element of that and expose what is the core at the end of it of this is your mental health problem. This is what we need to, you know, is walking going to help? Is CBT going to help? Is this going to help? But all these other issues, we just take it like that. Oh, here's my problem.
3: I think what happens, you do that. And I where well, I, I, I've been... Had, like my battles with like NHS over the years, and there's been many times when I'll go to the doctors and they'll go, right, well, okay, we'll give you meds. They give me meds, and then, but but that needs to be done in tandem with some other yeah, th- form of therapy. So you need to be able to talk about it to get to the nub of where yeah, that exactly. problem and that is. That
2: nub is what the medication would probably be beneficial for in some cases, but it's not beneficial in most cases that we hear of. Let's say. Because it's trying to treat all oh, oh, my wife's is It's not done in tandem. Them. It needs yeah. to
3: be done in tandem. So, like, the medication quite often will get you to a point where it will take the stress off of you briefly. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you need, but then it doesn't actually solve the problem. It mm. just means you don't feel so shit about it. And then you bit. sort
2: of feel a bit better and ignore all the other problems. Yeah, exactly. Mm. exactly. I need to sort
3: all this out, but
2: I'm, I'm all right now. I'm going to ignore that. Yeah. And now um, I'll know it's, yeah. mm. it's crept back even so worse. So then
3: it needs to have the tandem and the therapy to actually look at why you feel that way. Mm. And more often than not, it's because you don't... Um, it's normally like feelings of inadequacy and shit like that. <laughs> it totally is for me.
2: And one of the other things that, that's really useful with like NHS... Or with the lack of you know, they're doing the best and this is the important thing yeah and it's, it's not that
3: dreadful there are provision there are things out there for fascinating mm. yeah and, and yeah especially now um, I get amazing service now is, again, I had to go not, full blind mental to get it. <laughs> you had to show off <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's it. You took I get a
4: good service is, yeah. now <laughs> It's got your own suite. <laughs> yeah. Start throwing shit at each yeah. other. They really sort of treat you well. Though. Yeah, they do. That's in boots. <laughs> um, yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, when I started Mates as well, I also start, started um, a mental health champion network at work as, because oh, yeah. I wanted, like, again, thinking of my friends sitting there. I thought I can't have, as a human, I can't have people sitting there on their own feeling that someone they can't talk to someone and if that's in work i want someone there to be there as a manager i want my staff
3: to be able to talk i do to think that's like extra special Amazing. So, yeah. really good.
2: well now we've got uh in the first you know 530 people on our essex contract 110 people spoke to us individually in the first 10 months like that's I only say too much because I can't remember the 12 months stat. But <laughs> yeah, so nice. that, we're, you know, and we're dealing with highways, we're dealing with, um, you know, road workers, things like that. And they're trusting us to come and talk to us. So my director wanted it rolled out across all the other contracts we've got across the country. So we've rolled it out across five other contracts at the same time. Um, I think I launched Mates in February... And then rolled out Open Minds, Healthy Minds in May to five, yeah, to five contracts. So it's about two thousand people. Um, but that again has really been helpful. Now from that, EAP cards, right? EAPs, Assist- employees assistance program. On your first day working in Tesco's or somewhere like that, as someone rattles through all of, oh, this is where the fire exit is. Here's a load of paperwork. Blah blah blah. This number. Most big companies have gotten, And an EAP is just Employee Assistance Program. It's a phone number. It's confidential. Your bosses don't know anything about what's going on. It's offered as part of your package normally. Um, for like insurance, really. But you can phone that up and talk to someone about gambling, uh, drugs, relationship problems, mental health problems, anything at all. And most companies that have it um, can also, they can offer online, uh, sorry, over-the-phone counselling. And also, like how one, for example, is five counselling sessions face-to-face for free. Yeah,
3: I work for somewhere and they do similar kind of things. So that I think that provisions like that are there. Yeah, so.
2: But they're not
3: really talked
2: that, about. And that's the thing. So mm. as soon as I, I thought, well, what have we got? What can I get? for our company to not mates the my actual job um what can i get for our company that gets better support and oh, have we got an eap yeah we have so found that got a load of cards from the company the company that is, is the aap and we physically went round when we launched open minds and we handed them out to every single employee and said like the credit card size um card said take that put it in your wallet and this is what it does and actually explain what it does because yeah my first question is when we now have someone comes over the park for a chat is right okay we know there's probably going to be a bit of a delay with um nhs and that let's see what have you got an EAP who do you work for what you, what can you get because it's a really good sort of way of getting in quickly if mm. you've got that this is the time to use it um and it's a really handy thing that people just don't
3: know about. So true. Like, there's a service there that people have, like, you know, millions of people have probably got yeah. those cards and they don't know. Um, and if you're listening to this, if you've got an EAP card, hmm. you could probably get free counselling. Yeah, that is it, amazing. Ask
2: your That's, HR because yeah. our one was like the biggest. Well, I got this, I got some stats through for it. And the, all the stats are, are, it's not like we don't know who phoned up or anything like that. It's purely what was the subject.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, and the biggest subject was what does this phone line do?
4: Oh, no <laughs> way. Mad. Wow. Yeah.
3: That's crazy. But like, that's just, you know, that is so typical. There's a service there, but people don't want to go like, oh, you know, you might be, if you're struggling, We like, oh, can't just possibly stuck, have this conversation with we've you. We've stuck
2: the number everywhere, all over work. We've stuck yeah. it everywhere. And then I've got us. We're tied in with uh, Mates in Mind, which is nothing to do with my mates. Uh, it's the country's construction industry's biggest mental health charity. So I've tied us my work company up with that um, to as a backer of them, and through them we then get access to other phone lines because uh, working in construction, um, the rate for suicide's is a third higher than the national average. Yeah, I can yeah. believe that. So uh, I've got. I've made sure that all of our construction side of the company um, have got an extra training session that we run through with and we've done it in the last couple of months we've got round to all of them. So it's like 150 in Chelsea. But
3: it's like, it, it's like making it part of a normal conversation. Mm. People go for their training day. They all our fucking old a training day. But in that day, someone says to him, "It's all right, mm. you know. Like, oh, if you have got a problem, like it's fine. You can ring this number, and you're not fucking weird." Well, I try and go quite harsh with them because,
2: like, I mean, it's a different approach for different people. Yeah, but sometimes I but fucking wake up. If I've got a hundred, you know, Colchester, um, Colchester Football Club, um, we briefed. I briefed 150 construction workers in one go, like. I Who wants to listen to me? Like that. I love doing like, stuff like that. So I have to go in with a sort of harsh thing at the beginning of the most likely way that anyone between this age is going to leave this planet is by taking your own life, mm. which is ridiculous. Mm. Yep. Yeah. But let that sink in, you know, yeah. and, and actually think about it. We're not just here to
3: uh,
2: say something once and then walk off, oh, we've ticked
3: the box. We genuinely care. Yeah. Um, and that's and, the difference, isn't it? There's your difference. That's your nub. And, you know, like, I've worked for lots of councils over the years and those conversations just aren't had. And it is. It's when it comes to fucking crisis and they're like, oh, shit, have we not done something here? No, <laughs>
4: you know, has, has been absolutely, we better do
3: absolutely something. has
2: been incredible with backing us. They've, it's anything I've wanted to do, they've let me do. Um, really sort of backed us. It's been great.
4: I think a lot of the time, because you're at work and you kind of wear a suit at the interview and you want to keep that pretense up and you think like anything that kind of that is opposite to that, you're going to kind of hold back maybe and not want people to know.
2: If they think I'm not all right, I won't have a job. Yeah. They won't let me do that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They won't trust me for promotion. Yeah. They won't, you know, well, the trouble is we've, well, not the trouble, just back to what I said at the beginning. No one's educated in it. It's not their own fault. We don't. We can't recognise it in ourselves. Um, most of the times, we we've never been told. We've got to tell people. So yeah. we have done. Like we've got line manager training session because all of our line managers need to know how to um, help their team. And when we do it, it's just like, what would you do if someone in your team came in in the morning and wasn't didn't seem them themselves? Um, I'd ask them if they're all right. That's it.
3: That's mm. all you've got yeah. to it do. Really yeah. right. that's, it really is. It's funny though, that <laughs> uh, health. When I kind of realised I was going off properly off the rails last year, uh, my mate Champion, um, my really good friend Champion, had done uh, like um, how to spot if people a suicidal training. <laughs> wow. And then
4: he
3: was, and then he was telling me about it. and I was like, I am doing all of those mm. things, <laughs> you know, like, but uh, but the, the thing is, some of it was like. You really had to have the conversation to get to that point mm. to kind of get that understanding. Um, but I realised that what I was doing was I was overtly telling people I wanted to die, but I didn't even
4: realise I was doing it. What in kind of subtle ways, kind of thing? Yeah,
3: you know, like um, just uh, talking about life, and I and I just generally be like, "Fuck everything. Mm. This really kind of fuck it. I want basically I want to die, but not actually saying I want to die." Mm. Um, but yeah, no one picked up on it. <laughs> no. yeah. Look, I didn't even pick up on it. That's the problem, though. You know, like, I didn't even know. You know what like he was saying that quite often, we don't even see it in ourselves. Mm. Like you're ill as shit, but you don't even see it in yourself.
4: Because
3: I've certainly been like that. I still
4: get like that. Things. is something as subtle. Like for me lately, my answer to everything is, well, the planet's going to blow up at some point anyway, so who gives a fuck? Yeah. What's... yeah
3: see, yeah, and that's and that and that. Suggests uh, a depressed Mm. break, but there's we had uh
2: again with Greece, it's really bizarre. Um, got on this plane uh last July flying out to Greece for my birthday, and um, this lad came and sat next to me, and uh, it's really weird. I just thought he seems really upbeat about life, like his face was like an emoji, he's like a really smiley, all right. And he's from Grey's actually, as well. Um and uh he weren't yeah. called dennis was he no no <laughs> <laughs> i imagine dennis has got like a bm face you know those biscuits no no oh, yeah. yeah dennis is like uh,
3: dennis is a crazy and like, I sat
2: there and he's like oh i'm gonna go and work in malia and blah, blah 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 i was like oh this is my area of expertise because mm. like, i know everyone and, and uh got chatting and uh, my first thought was i want to employ you there was just something about him like from interviewing people over the years and that I, I want to employ you i don't know anything about your qualifications don't anything like that i just think i know you're going to be good at something amazing and then we got chatting to it i got chatting to him dropped him off when we got there dropped him off to his hotel as well and i thought i really hope i gave him my card and i thought i really hope like you get in contact because when he comes back to england i want to be your friend like it's a weird Brilliant. thing to say um and i was like oh if you need to know like if you if yeah. you need to know how to get cheap water t- water park tickets or anything like that. Just message me anything. I was just thinking, please message me. about But then randomly, our village, um, everything shuts. Well, all the food places shut about three in the morning. And if you're out till six um, in the gutter, um, you have to go to Malia, which is like a 15 euro taxi away. So we'll go there, get a slice of pizza and come home. But went to this pizza place that night. And then this lad walked in and I was like, oh, great. That's really nice to see him again. And it's like, how are you, mate? How are you doing? He sat down. And he's like, oh, I hate it. I want to be dead. And I was like, sorry. And I chatted to him for like a couple of hours then. And he's like, oh yeah, I tried to kill myself a couple of times before I come out here, and blah, blah. And I was like, uh, oh my god, like this wow. is like the last person. He just looked like he loved life. And when we got back here, I came back that Friday. He came back on the Saturday. And I come down to Basildon, met him there, we sat in a car park for a few hours, chatting been in touch every single day since. Um, he's wanted to go to university. I've helped him get into universities. Now got accommodation there. And he's like, he said, when he moved in, into there, he's like, the only way I thought I'd leave, he texted me and said, the only way I thought I'd leave my house would be in a body bag. Wow. And he's just an absolute inspiration. He's incredible. But he was well, the first person that I'd ever spoken to where I actually thought, like, when he's talking about why he didn't want to be alive, I thought, no, I actually understand that because he'd had such a shit life, like, beaten from, like, properly beaten as a kid. Everything that could possibly happen to someone has happened to him. He's never known the normal. It, most people have had some element of normality to their
3: life at some point. He's had nothing. i tell you what's important, though. And what you say is exactly right. And I agree with everything you've said. Um, and the fact that when you met him, he seemed like the happiest guy in the world, but he wasn't. He was in darkness. Um, but the other thing, the other side of that, is that you do get people like me, who everyone would go, he's got nothing to fucking moan about. But there's a thing inside my brain mm. that goes... Fucking die, 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 die. And um like I I've worked with lots of people who've had really like horrendous lives, abuse and everything. And they they, they they're the fucking survivors and fighters. And some mm-hmm. of them are the ones who, who probably never have a mental health problem, although they've got every reason to have one. But then amongst that you still get like your normal guy who's like they haven't been for all mm-hmm. those things, but it's still all there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's so fucking awful. Um, And I don't know why I felt... I I I felt almost... It's funny because I think the reason I felt the need to say it is because I feel a bit embarrassed that I'm such a mess sometimes. Because um, I haven't had all those things.
2: Right, yeah, and that's the thing. You could get sexually abused as a kid and lead to a horrific mental health issue. You could get... um, Someone in your family take their own life, you could have anything like that, or you could be a multi millionaire and be well, as happy yeah, as yeah, anything yeah, on paper. Yeah, yeah, exactly. it, it's just same as getting a
3: cold. So, don't choose who, who gets no, cold. no, no, yeah. I no. Don't, I don't know, I, but you know, like, I think yeah, yeah. in in this in this room, so if I feel the need to say, I say, no, uh, but what I would like to do is go back to that because so, what's happened? Again? So,
2: uh, yeah, he's at university, he's doing really well, but when we uh spoke originally normally when someone talks about wanting to take their life there's reasons that they're aware they're aware of some reasons that make them want to do that and what i've learned over the last or what i've experienced over the last couple of years is actually sometimes there aren't any reasons now with him where you can sort of go oh look come on remember at school it was all fun and everything was good and a couple of years ago before you went out of her life was great he's never had a great life He's only ever had bad stuff, so where you we can source back and sort of think, oh, before I felt ill, I had this, I, and I was, I want to be him again. He's never been him. I oh, know they've got no context, and that was the first time I was like, oh my god, he actually hasn't. He he doesn't want to be alive because he's never had anything good, and I I hate you know when you come out of a shit analogy, like I just said. Oh, All I think of with you is. It's like you've been a fish in a fishbowl with an arsehole of another fish attacking you constantly every day and it's a shitty fish bowl fish bowl and it's completely stagnant water and you're in someone's kitchen. That's your life in Grays. No offence to graze. That's been your life in graze. What you don't know is what's going on in that river outside. I just wanna pick your pick your uh, fish bowl up could have. and pour it into it that is- river. Yeah. And yeah, there's gonna be some arseholes in there as well. But there's actually gonna be some nice people. You ain't got anyone nice in that mm. bowl at the moment. And it's taken a long time, but he's started to meet nice people and he's starting to actually get a love for life. And it's funny, you think there's
3: a lot of people who've had really awful awful experiences of life and uh, and sometimes they just need it's almost like that mentor idea. You need a mentor to mm. go well, look, look, we could go and do this. And basically, you know, we could just go fucking go up to McDonald's and have a chat, and they might not have really had an opportunity just to go to McDonald's and have a chat. And it's like, you just need someone to hold their hand a little yeah, bit. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, like, often people with mental health problems, you just need someone to hold your hand a little bit Exactly sometimes. that. It's just. Just take the weight a little yeah. bit and just kind of guide you through the passage of the. Absolutely. It is absolutely that. Hundred percent. I like that. I wonder if um I did have someone get in touch with us from Grace recently. Uh, uh no, it was a while ago actually, and I said to him, Like, I want you to come on, I'll forget. So fucking chase me up Yeah. You know, just write Grace down. Yeah, come like <laughs> November, chase me up and he did. And and he just basically seemed like that same kind of person who had such a difficult... such a fucking awful life. And um I've become quite desensitised for dealing with... Like, as a probation officer, I deal with people who have done atrocious things. But also, as a rule, they've had, like, atrocious lives. And uh, you get a bit desensitised to it. Get used to it. Like, hearing horrible, horrible, horrible things. Um, and I have to kind of remind myself that uh, there's still... People still have a fucking experience in that. Yeah, I know what you mean, because... The shock I always find like with
2: when someone who hasn't spoken to someone who's been suicidal,
3: scary, isn't
2: it? It's like I need to phone the police now. They've they've yeah. said the word suicide. Get them sections. Yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> like, they won't be sectioned.
2: And I'm not. I wouldn't say. I, I sort of. I no. I, I would. You know, not desensitized. It doesn't shock me. And I think that might be a good thing. No, that is a good thing. Then, because if
3: your response is shot, yeah, they will then recoil yeah, yeah. and shut up. Because you've scared them. It, absolutely. Scared you, so. you
2: know, it, it, I, I care. Massively care. I want to do everything I can for them. But I'm not going to run out of the room and phone the police.
3: Essentially, you're a human being. You can do whatever you're going to do. I'm a, I'll i never forget the first day um, when I like started working in probation. Someone rang me and said kept going on about accommodation. They weren't sorting out as they, the big they, weren't sorting out as accommodation. And he went, right, I'm going to kill myself. And I was like, fuck. But I was mentally all myself at the time. So I thought, oh shit, he's going to kill himself. So I was taking it seriously because I'd been in that situation. And then my manager just went, it's awful. It's awful. But if he's going to kill himself, he's going to kill himself. Like, you know, try, do what you can, but at the end of the day, you're not going to be able to swoop in and take that person away from that situation. They're going to have to do it for themselves. And that's a massively good but, bit of And vibe. also
2: what you just said about standing by someone. Mm. That's, what, that's when people need, you know, a rock, need someone to support, need someone to be there with them, and someone that they genuinely believe isn't going to leave them and is going to stand by the side through all of it or until more people are involved and are there to assist. And we want to do that as humans. Well, I would think most people want to do that as
3: humans. Yeah, you'd think, though. You'd think but a lot of people, I think... I I genuinely do think there are a lot of people who are like, I've got enough shit on. Yeah, but... But I always just think that's... Is it more important than someone's life? Yeah. You know, they're not the important people. Like, the people that... Really, you want to surround yourself by nice people, surely, and good people. You don't want to surround yourself by people who be like, I don't know, I'd rather do...
2: Well, I, I don't know. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. And that's the thing, You as you get older, you gradually cut those people out of your life. Because, you know, you're put in that school when you're so many years old. Why would you naturally, just because you've known them longer, why would you naturally feel that they're the people that sh- should be in your life all your life. It takes a long time. Yeah, it's no, a good challenge. No, no. yeah. I've been out through that recently. Mm. Because I totally
3: agree. cutting people out... It's just time doesn't make good friends. When you
2: leave school. Uh, that's it. Yeah, exactly that. When just you've school, you know
3: each other a long time, it not mean you've actually got they are the people, now. You, yeah,
2: they're the people you've known the longest. No offence to anyone individually. Mm-hmm. there, um, But, uh, yeah. It's... Just who do you actually want in your life? Who's good in your life? Who's good? If there's that person, whenever you go on holiday, you're like, oh, God, I'm just going to do that again. Yeah, just right. get rid of them. Yeah. Nicely. No, the in right. a nice way. No,
3: but you can do it nicely. Yeah. You can do it nicely. And, you know, you don't... But, yeah, exactly. Don't surround yourself with people who make you feel like shit. So, tips. Tips, tips, tips. So you talked earlier about uh, when your brother died. <laughs> and some of the tips that you've shared with other people
2: yeah it's just uh it's 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 hard it's uh you know one of the first things because again through in the last few years we've had quite a few people in our group of friends we've got a big group of friends um, take their lives so things have cropped up obviously grief and i don't want everyone whenever i say i don't want it, it's like i'm in charge i don't mean it like that like i can't have people sitting there at home on their own so i'll suggest like you know start a whatsapp start get together go down the pub together or go somewhere just be together you're all going through this together at the same time and maybe for the first time don't do it at home where your brain's going to go over and over get together spend time with each other doing that then focus on okay, do the family want any involvement in the funeral from yourselves? Is there anything you can offer? I'll tell you what I can do. Let's all go and look at every photo we've ever had where he or she was in it, and let's get that, because the family don't have those photos. Let's get them all together, and whether they want to use it at the funeral or not, let's make something for them. Mm. Let's get those photos done, because with my brother, what we did at the funeral, we uh, I had... <laughs> I think it's like where work sort of kicks in, where you use your skills from work, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but why not? I thought, well, I, I want his best friend from school to, uh, in the uh, crematorium to talk about all the school years and like the funny stuff there. Then I want his best mate that he works with to do the up-to-date stuff. That's and, right. Uh, okay. Yeah. And... Uh, and then I'll do the family stuff. And it was a really nice thing because it's all stuff that stories you wouldn't hear otherwise. But just right, be together, keep speaking.
4: Moon. Exactly, That's Speak a nice together. thing. I like that. On the, It's like a celebration of the life. Yeah. And then
2: just keep planning more f- forward on, you know, plan good events, plan future things and just keep positive things going about mm. what you can set up and do in their honour. And it keeps your brain busy and you're doing it in a good, positive way instead of thinking about that they're not here. Dwelling on that. that's really good and advice. Sorry, I've missed your buzzer.
4: That's all right, that's good. No, it's
3: funny because uh, we did uh, sorry, we did Brad did uh, this um thing on London Bridge, yeah, the other it's week, yeah, it's crazy. And a couple of guys there had grief on their t shirts, mm. and uh, that, that got me thinking a lot about grief,
4: really. Yeah, it's interesting to talk to them. It was a bit odd because it was cold on that day, but they um, we, I. I do c dunno why, you know, sometimes you're in a group and like you naturally gravitate to people mm-hmm. and I just they was just so funny about how they were handling everything. It turns out one of the guys' dads had died that day, like that was the anniversary or his birthday or something like that. dates become a really big thing yeah that's it but just uh so basically they i'm gonna kick myself i can't remember the name of the group but we've been invited um and it's in london somewhere and they get together every week and it is similar thing like peer-to-peer and stuff like that but most mostly based around grief and um yeah there's a lot of people doing a really a lot of positive things and i think like the thought of anyone and i include myself in this like going through what they're going through and not at least having a go at reaching out or asking around and something like that. Like, there's so many good people doing and good services.
2: Grief is seeing you lock yourself away and you're down. Mental health, you lock yourself away and you're down. You're not the first person to go through it. It's happening every day. Mm. Get out there, get share people's experiences, share your friends' experiences and help each other out. Mm. As simple as, you know, not it's as simple as that, but why are we still doing things
4: alone? It's crazy. Yeah. The old way. We're not the work. only ones. So, if, mates, have you got... Is it mates just on Facebook or have you got a website as
2: well? Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, we are your mates on Instagram and Twitter. And then just search mates on Facebook. And you do the walks that you do... Through educational speaking.
4: Amazing. And the um, walks that you do, where? how often do you do them?
2: Uh, weekly walks uh, since January last year at Highlands Park in Chelmsford. All the events are on the Facebook page. Um, I put
3: them up there till Christmas, and then we got not ever, ever October. Talk about t-shirts on there. <laughs> I got a right bollocking. Like you, were, you, you gave me a lovely. You were like, "Oh, don't do them, mate." I uh, what, <laughs> no, what that was were cool. we selling t-shirts? And someone else. No, I, I just, um, Jim's, Jim's my cut and paste everything on it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I put the t-shirts on it, and I, one of one of your guys had a right go. Yeah,
2: Jim. Jim's. Oh. Jim's and a, I was like, I'm sorry. He's my. He's my bouncer. Nice. He's, uh, he runs it out in Greece for me, and it does an absolutely incredible job out there. He's, we get so oh no, he was right. It was mm. fair play. But, it was
3: fair play. And I, uh, yeah. Uh, but basically, I just cut and paste everything because I do. I do so much. Now, stuff. What we get,
2: what uh, you probably get a similar thing on yours. But we, every so often, you'll get a fake person add to the group, or you'll get someone then suddenly trying to sell. Uh, follow my band, follow my band. Like, yeah. You're nothing to do with mental health. Um, no, you yeah, are, obviously, fine. but we are probably on a weekly basis, I'm turning, I'm having to sort of block about four people who are trying to advertise wow. their bands yeah, yeah. and they're nothing to do with mental health. They've just come in for that. Yeah. So we just try and be really tight because we want that little community to be about... No, it's yeah, fair, no, no that I totally, it's so, I say mm. totally it jokingly. You know, like, it's totally
3: <laughs> fair enough. I totally get it. Because, this gets fucking convoluted, doesn't it? And then it doesn't become about what it's about. But yeah, that's it, mate. Sorry we took so
2: long. No, no but don't worry about that. Man, we I want really to appreciate it. It's
3: burly, man. Big bitch. <laughs> <laughs>